Biden's senior communications team, all women, is a historic first. The UK's culture secretary has some feelings about the crown. And is there a pandemic baby boom or bust? We're talking with Dr. Jennifer Conti all about it. The date, November 30th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. Casey, we made it. We made it to the finale of The Undoing. Oh, I thought you were just going to be like, we made it. And I was like, you know what I did? I did survive the past five days. (laughs) We have survived another holiday, another day in a pandemic, (laughs) another day in Trump's America. We are here. We are queer. We have gotten used to it. But what (laughs) I was referring to is that The Undoing is over and I'm happy. I know. And I'm so excited because you had been talking about it. I had not seen it. And then literally on Saturday, I was like, oh, go watch the show. Then I watched five episodes and was upset I had to wait for the finale last night. And then I did. And you know what? I'm feeling good about it. I really liked that show. Wait, you were upset and you binge watched it all within 48 hours? Girl, I've been watching for six weeks every week. <laughs> I was I was talking to my know. roommate about that. There was no way we would have survived all those cliffhangers. Like it we has, needed to watch it all at once. <laughs> it's stressful. It's stressful. And I'm happy we won't talk about it today. Maybe next week when people have had time to watch. I already got yelled at for tweeting something vague about the ending. So I'm shutting up now. <laughs> but... It's worth it for me. Other people aren't happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. And I think it's hilarious because, okay, so we all know who did it, right? But I think the best part (laughs) is that everyone else who watches the show can make a case for why every other character also might have done it, even though we know who did it, like, definitively, (laughs) which I like about it. (laughs) Yep. And my final note on this show is that it should be shown in classrooms that uh, are doing courses on gaslighting. That's it. Oh, yes. This is, like, the perfect piece of art about gaslighting. So... There we go. Okay, Zach, it's time for today's top stories. What have you got for us? So President-elect Joe Biden hired the first all-female senior communications team for his White House. Vice President-elect Kamala Harris noted on Twitter that, quote, our country is facing unprecedented challenges and to overcome them, we need to communicate clearly, honestly, and transparently with the American people. This experienced, talented, and barrier-shattering team will do just that. Biden also revealed key members of his economic team today. This is the team that, if voted in, includes Janet Yellen as Treasury Secretary. Meanwhile, COVID cases are expected to surge after people in the U.S. traveled for the Thanksgiving holiday. Here's Dr. Anthony Fauci on ABC News talking about what we should expect in the next few weeks when it comes to coronavirus. Perhaps even two or three weeks down the line, Martha, we may see a surge upon a surge. You know, we don't want to frighten people, but that's just the reality. We said that these things would happen as we got into the cold weather and as we began traveling, and they've happened. It's going to happen again. So I cannot see all of a sudden a relaxation of the kinds of recommendations or restrictions because we're getting into colder weather and in in an even larger holiday season as people travel to come back and forth for Christmas. Some places are already preparing for the worst. L.A. County has instituted a stay-at-home order for the first time since March in an effort to curb the spread, while New Mexico has a shelter-in-place rule that's supposed to last two weeks. Yeah, I don't know about you, Zach. I mean, we're both in L.A. I'm hunkering down. Yeah, I'ma just stay here, look outside at the blue skies, maybe go for like a mask run. But yeah, we're kind of, L.A. County said, you know what, girl, we're not playing this game with you all. But did you hear the life hack that our fellow Angelinos are doing right now? They are crossing the border to Orange County in Pasadena (laughs) to go to dinner. Because it's right across the border and they're open. So people are literally going to dinner like 10 minutes further. 
I don't want to call that a life hack because that doesn't <laughs> feel like that. That just feels like a, a, a choice. The anti-life hack to be a little dark there. So everyone. Yeah, I don't know. Cases are really rising. I got a Christmas tree, a new sweater, and I'll be inside. I, yeah, similar, same, same, same. But Casey, you know, at the top of that, we mentioned that there is an all-female communications team, which is really incredible, you know, for uh, really breaking some glass ceilings there. But I will note that it will be really helpful if this communications team does not lie like the last mm. one. So we yes. love we love inclusion, we love diversity, but please, please, please be transparent and be helpful to us in the media. That would be helpful. That 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 is what we want. And and I do, you know, I feel like a lot of left-leaning liberals are looking at Biden because, you know, Biden was the only choice in their eyes, whereas, you know, there would have been other candidates that they would have liked to see there that lean a little bit more left. So, I mean, Biden making these steps to be diverse and inclusive and having people on the left see people who look like them in these positions of power. I mean, it definitely is a step in the right direction. Yes. So representation matters. I still very much believe in it, but also doing your job matters too. And I believe in these people. I know they'll do their jobs. We have worked with them in many ways over the years, and these are actual incredible people. So we're very excited to see that, that we will be working with professionals. So, <laughs> all right. So Casey, what happened in the pop culture and entertainment world over the holiday weekend? Honestly, I do have some pretty upsetting news. Laverne Cox is opening up about a transphobic attack she recently experienced. She says she was on a socially distanced walk with a friend in LA's Griffith Park when a strange man approached them. Here's her description of what happened from an Instagram live she did immediately following the attack. He very aggressively like asked for the time as he passes us and my friend who I'm with that tells him the time, looks at his watch and tells him the time. And then the guy who had asked for the time says to my friend, guy or girl, my friend says, fuck off. I'm walking. I'm hearing all this is happening like in a split second. And then all of a sudden the guy is attacking my friend. And I look back and I'm like, I was like, what is happening? The guy is like hitting my friend. And then my friend is like going towards him. And I'm like, holy shit. And I pull out my phone and I call 911. The video is 11 minutes long and shows Cox still processing what's happened to her. She adds that she's experienced a lot of street harassment over the years, but adds, quote, I've dealt with this a lot, but it never fails to be shocking. It doesn't matter who you are. You can be Laverne Cox, whatever that means. If you're trans, you're going to experience stuff like this. Uh, watching this just broke my heart this weekend, especially because we just celebrated Trans Day of Remembrance, the annual day where we honor those we've lost to homicide this year. Um, and this year has been a historic year for violence. So to have Laverne Cox taking to her Instagram and talking about what she just experienced in a place that like you and I both go to Griffith Park. Uh, like that's a very popular place. I'm there often hiking. And to know that she almost faced violence and her friend was actually uh, physically assaulted. It's just so awful, so awful. It really is. And, you know, people that haven't experienced that, you know, some people out there might think that it's just like cruel words. It's violence. It's violence against trans women and men. It just is. 
And Laverne has talked about this a lot. And she's been so open about violence and her and how she fears violence still as a trans woman who's very famous. And she's talked a lot about how, like, as she became more famous, she got even more fearful of facing this type of violence because she was so visible. And that, like, you know, we celebrate that so much and say it means a lot. And it does mean a lot. But she also felt like she has a bigger target on her because of her, you know, presence and culture. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So to see that, like, her worst fear became realized in Griffith Park, of all places, is just, I'm just sending her good energy. Well, moving on, we're going to talk about The Crown because everyone has an opinion on this season, including the UK's culture secretary, Oliver Downden. In fact, he thinks it's so good, he's asking Netflix to include a warning at the beginning of each episode to warn viewers that it is, in fact, a work of fiction. Telling the Mail on Sunday, quote, It's a beautifully produced work of fiction, so as with other TV productions, Netflix should be very clear at the beginning, it is just that. Without this, I fear a generation of viewers who did not live through these events may mistake fiction for fact. His concern is possibly stemming from the backlash some members of the royal family have seen since the season dropped. Ahem, Charles and Camilla, ahem. In fact, things have gotten so bad that the couple had to turn off comments on a recent Twitter post after it was flooded with nasty responses, including the following gem. Money can buy you fancy clothes and jewelry, but not Diana's class or charm or magnetic presence. You can never replace her in a million years. She is our princess now and forever. This brings me so much joy. I love that Charles and Camilla are in their feelings about this because they knew this is what was coming when they made these decisions. We all make choices. You have to be responsible for the choices you made. And this is what they have to deal with now. Justice for Diana forever and always. I'm sorry. I, I just... I. Don't have a lot of sympathy. They're extremely zero, wealthy. Zero, zero <laughs> they're, sympathy. They're extremely wealthy. He grew up spoiled. It's just a matter of fact. And it's one of those things when, you know, like a spoiled person gets criticized and they just get so upset, so bothered by it. But I want to know the inside scoop on this. I want to know if the royal family put <laughs> pressure on the culture secretary. I want to know the ins and outs of this, just being like, this is fiction. And you know what? And I know that things in this show are embellished, right? Yeah. But I also learned a lot of new things that I think were rooted in truth. I could tell because I had watched the documentary of Diana in her own words that were actual recordings from her. And there was a lot of that in the show that I didn't know before. So I'm like, oh, fiction, nonfiction. It's a mix. These people know that there's a lot of truth in there. And the truth is not, you know, very much leaning to their favor. So they're trying to gain more favorability. The royal family's very obsessed with how they're positioned in the media. That is a very long-standing tradition that the show even touches on, of their obsession with how the media talks about them. So this is just like the same stuff. This only confirms to me that it's actually truthful. So now I'm believing that this is actual autobiographical piece of journalism. <laughs> exactly. That's what I see. <laughs> it's just the opposite of what they wanted it to do. <laughs> Girl, Charles, anything that makes me not like you more, done into support <laughs> alright so when we come back we've got Dr. Jennifer Consi talking to us about pandemic babies stay right there It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. 
This is Roxanne Gay, host of the Roxanne Gay Agenda, the bad feminist podcast of your dreams. Now, what is the Roxanne Gay Agenda, you might ask? Well, it's a podcast where I'm going to speak my mind about what's on my mind, and that could be anything. Every week, I will be in conversation with an interesting person who has something to say. We're going to talk about feminism, race, writing in books and art, food, pop culture, and yes, politics. I start each show with a recommendation. Really, I'm just going to share with you a movie or a book or maybe some music or a comedy set, something that I really want you to be aware of and maybe engage with as well. Listen to the Luminary Original Podcast, The Roxanne Gay Agenda, the Bad Feminist Podcast of Your Dreams, every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. I'm Rachel Bonetta, and I have my very own podcast called Benched with Bonetta. You kidding me? Woo! I'm just here so I won't get fined. You may know me from Game Day View or Game Day Morning on NFL Network. Basically, any shows with the word game in it, odds are you'll find me there. Every week, I'm going to be talking about all the things I find fascinating about the NFL, like breaking down games, questioning Tom Brady's genetic makeup. It's going to be great. I'm also doing something that has never been done before. I'm opening my DMs. DMs now open. We want to hear from you, fans of the NFL. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Did you commit a misdemeanor crime when you were 12 and need to tell somebody about it? Please, for the love of Roger Goodell, do not tell me. I can be held accountable. Listen every Tuesday and join me on the bench. Subscribe now and listen to the Benched with Bonetta podcast on the iHeartRadio app on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We've now been in some form of quarantine thanks to the coronavirus since March. If you're doing the math at home, that's approximately nine months. And we're potentially seeing a new phenomenon play out. Pandemic babies. To explain what we're seeing and why, we are joined by Dr. Jennifer Conti, an adjunct clinical assistant professor in OBGYN at the Stanford University School of Medicine and co-host of the V Word podcast. Good afternoon, doctor. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back. Thank you for being back. All right. So before we get into the potential baby boom, we know that COVID cases are rising and hospital precautions have included giving birth in masks earlier this year. So are we getting back to that point? Yeah, you know, I it's hard to say, given where you are geographically and what in the preceding months, um, individual administrations, state governments were doing to sort of set the stage for where we are now. But I would say even in a pretty, uh, you know, a place that was pretty stringent early on, like California and the Bay Area where I am, we are starting to see numbers and hospitalization rates go up remarkably. And I worry that, you know, what it means for labor and delivery is that potentially soon we might be back at a place that we were in, in like the March, April timeframe, for sure. Wow. And were your patients having to deal with this the first time around? Yeah. I mean, it was a really scary time. You, I mean, we all remember what March was like, but it was, it was truly terrifying for patients who were pregnant, for patients who were delivering, for those of us who were having to go in and take care of them. And I think just out of an abundance of precaution, it was like all hands on deck, masks, limit the number of people who were there. I mean, we just really didn't know how this was going to play out. 
And, you know, as we're talking about this, we're so many months into this. So as a clinician, how frustrating is this for you that we're back to where we started? It feels like. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> it is, it is one of my pet peeves. I was tweeting about this recently about like being in a target and I saw some woman walking by not wearing her mask. And I was like, put your mask on. I'm a doctor, please. And she, you know, just sort of froze and was like, okay, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> fine. Well, good for but, you giving medical advice out in public. That's incredible. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I was like, I feel like I'm not overstepping here. Like put your mask on, you know, but, um, it's really frustrating, especially because, and I actually just wrote a piece recently in, in L about this, but I, I feel like for our entire medical community, we're out there working incredibly hard. I mean, a lot of people are, but just having to go to work regardless, we don't have the ability to stay home and work from home a lot of the times. And so you sort of do this with this understanding that, hey, okay, I may be bringing this deadly disease home to my family and to myself, but I have to be there for people to take care of them. And I have to do all the things that I'm supposed to do to be responsible. And then to see people not do that and to see us back in this place when I often say to people, like, if everyone had just worn a mask and quarantined for like two to three weeks, we would be in a much different place today. On top of all that, we're expecting this so-called COVID baby boom to soon be upon us. Is this a real thing? Is this something hospitals are prepping for? You know, it's funny. I don't think like officially or certainly not by like any data, they haven't done studies, which is how we measure everything in medicine, right. you know, but anecdotally for sure. Um, I just delivered a baby over the weekend who they found out they were pregnant the day after the shelter in place thing. And she said to me like, okay, I guess we're doing this, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like with, you know, just like fear, but also like, okay. So the babies that are coming right now are the ones that happen sort of simultaneous um, to the start of the pandemic and largely, you know, weren't like active decisions. Okay. There's a pandemic, but we want to start a family. Let's do it anyway. But looking forward into like my, our patient census, where I work in particular, um, every single provider uh, is essentially full um, for the months of March through like June of next year, which means that essentially like there are so many pregnant people right now who are going to be due around that time uh, who essentially got pregnant amidst this pandemic, you know? Wow. So that, yes, there's a boom coming. Wow. We're about to have a lot of Pisces. Which as a Pisces, exactly. I, I'm very excited for that as a Pisces. Um, so what are you hearing generally from expectant mothers about why they decided to get pregnant during the pandemic? And that's regarding those who, you know, went into the lockdown and were not already pregnant. And we're like, okay, I guess this is the moment. We're going to try this right now. Yeah. Well, and again, I'm just speaking for like my specific patient population because we don't have the data, but um, the number of people do in the next couple of months, there's actually like a little bit of a dip, um, but then it starts to go up. And I think that that reflects this like initial moment of everyone pausing around March, April and just being like, what is going on? Are we safe to start a family, continue our family, whatever, um, and just sort of, you know, uh, get their ducks in order. And then a few months in, I think people, and these were the conversations I was having in clinic too. People were like, okay, this is happening. It's not going away. Um, we're here for the long run. How can we do this safely? Um, so I feel like people are just making these decisions, but making them smarter. On the other hand, birth rates in the U.S. had actually been down in the U.S. prior to the pandemic. Of course, one of the factors causing people to put off having a baby is financial insecurity. I want to play you a clip of a very viral TikTok with one mother explaining just how much it costs her to give birth to her triplets. So I'm a mom to triplets in the United States. They were born at 31 weeks premature. I spent two weeks in the hospital before they were born. 
and they had twin to twin transfusion syndrome. They were born at 1.9, 3.3, and 3.4 ounces. And when they came home, my final bill was 1.23 mil each, not including my own. That's TikToker GKM15099. She says after insurance kicked in, her bill was still $65,000. Off the bat, what's your reaction to this? I mean, that's insane. Insane. And for a country that is so advanced as we are, it's just, it blows my mind every time that I hear people having to pay bills like that. I watched that TikTok video too and was just like stunned. And her children, she kind of points to them in the background. They look to be a bit older. So I, I wonder, my first, my second thought was, you know, oh, did she have the babies after the Affordable Care Act went into play? But even then, even when the Affordable Care Act went into play, you're still seeing people have to pay these huge sums out of pocket for the birth of their babies, for pregnancy uh, care or admission to the hospital in like the weeks preceding, if there were any complications. And especially if they're born earlier, the babies have to go to the NICU. I mean, that is one of the most expensive services in the entire hospital is a NICU admission. It's insane. Wow. Wow. And, you know, and cost is actually going up right now. In fact, it's risen by 50% over seven years. And in 2015, the last year data is available for it costs on average $4,500 to give birth. And that's with insurance. So Dr. Conti, why is it getting more expensive to have a baby these days? You know, it's so funny is when I heard we were going to talk about this, I kid you not, I was in a simultaneous text thread with my family um, because my sister-in-law just gave birth like a month ago. And she is a healthcare provider herself. She's got amazing healthcare insurance and she still had to pay almost $300 out of pocket. I mean, it's nowhere near to that $4,500 cost, but this is someone who has like the best insurance you could look for. And she's still having to pay several hundreds of dollars to give birth. It's insane. It's mind blowing to me, especially when you consider that $4,500, again, that average cost is more than the majority of Americans make in a month. It's also mind-blowing when you hear other countries, they're somewhere, they pay mothers to give birth. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. They pay, Some of them pay them, and the majority of them give them much more protected postpartum care, or at least financially afterwards, if they need to leave their job to be there to, you know, for the newborn period, they don't have to worry about it. It's It's ridiculous. Mm. And, you know, hospitals also, for the most part, won't tell you how much it costs to have a child until after you have that child. So you can't really be an informed consumer. So, you know, with your patients, is there an effective way to check how much having a child will cost them or not cost them? And is there any uh, one creating a solution to this problem right now? Not that I've heard of. I mean, I, I have I'm not aware of uh, a tool, for example, or even some kind of like way that you could reliably find out other than trying to talk to your insurance company. But even then, I hear stories about people just getting the runaround, essentially. Um, and that's largely because you don't know what's going to happen too. For example, my first birth, and this is after the Affordable Care Act too, was a C-section, unexpected C-section with a lot of complications. And the second one was a vaginal delivery. And when I looked at the bills and granted, like, you know, I have good healthcare insurance coverage also, but when I looked at the bills of what they bill the insurance company, it was insane just based on the differences of what happened during those births. My C-section ended up costing my insurance company close to $200,000. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 My goodness. Yeah. Well, Dr. Conti, it's so great having you back again. Thank you for joining us today. And good luck out there, especially at Target, where you are getting oh. people together. <laughs> I know. I need to behave. I need to behave. No, no you're, doing you're, doing the work. you're doing the work. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. That's it for today. Join us tomorrow for a chat about the Hulu movie Happiest Season with BuzzFeed's Shannon Keating. And remember, justice for Princess Di now and forever. 
Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. The NFL is back, and the NFL app has you covered. So get ready for football all season long and just tap into the NFL app. NFL, baby, let's make it happen. Just tap in to watch your local and primetime games all season, now through Super Bowl 56. For the end zone, touchdown! Get up-to-the-minute news, videos, highlights, stats, and more on all your favorite teams and rookies to watch. Welcome to the NFL! Download to your mobile device today at nfl.com slash mobile or in your app store. Certain restrictions and data rates may apply. Look through your children's eyes, and you will discover the true magic of a forest. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.